Welcome to the Free Birth Podcast, a supportive space for people who are learning, exploring, and celebrating their autonomous choices in childbirth. Together, we'll unpack truths, share personal stories, and claim our ability to birth freely and intuitively. Here's your host, Emily Saldea. craving a community of like-minded women? Do you feel like an outsider in your family or your community? Well, I may have the place for you. We have a Free Birth Society private online community that's full of radical and wild women just like you. If you resonate with the topics that we explore on this podcast and want to belong in a circle of women who support each other in the self-exploration of free birth and wild mothering, come join us. You can apply online at our website, freebirthsociety.com. It's where myself and my team are hanging out these days, and we would love to get to know you. comes to my mind when I think about this week's guest is refreshing. Sabali is a true inspiration to me with her deep sense of self and no bullshit attitude. In Sabali's first birth, she was literally abandoned by her birthing team during her home birth and therefore eventually transferred herself to find support. So when she got pregnant with her second child, she was already highly attuned to what did and didn't feel right. So halfway through her second pregnancy, she left her providers in the system and prepared for her free birth on her own terms. I would say it it does start hearing my birth from my mother. And, um, you know, I'm the oldest of four. Uh, I was born in New York City, in Harlem. And... um, you know, just regular standard. Now, I will say, you know, being born in the 80s, they were introducing new medical techniques to pregnancy. And so my mother did say, I think it was here, was it with my sister? Me and my sister are only 13 months apart. Oh, wow. That, um, yeah, Irish twins. <laughs> uh, that uh, I, one of us, she was losing a lot of blood and she was saying that she was actually going into shock and she mm. kind of saw her life le- leaving her. No, with me, that's what it was. My birth was that I was like, she was in hard labor, she says, for like two weeks straight. And um, she still was able to birth all her children vaginally. Those were things that were important to her. And also what was important to her was being able to breastfeed. And so I always had that kind of understanding on like vaginal birth and stuff like that. Very basic, but you know, according to my mother, it was very important that she did those things. So um, outside of, you know, her being in labor for like just two weeks and it was just back-to-back craziness, um, clearly she was able to birth easily in that regard. Um, so I always took for granted my fertility and I never, you know, you know, I was over 35 and I hadn't had a child yet. And Mm. so people were like, oh, well, you know, and I just, I just never gave into that thought. You know, my, my paternal grandmother, she didn't get married until she was 36 and then she had nine children. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to be good. Like, if, you know, yeah. I'm going to be good until I'm 45. And maybe it's more of a mentality than anything, but I just said, that's not just, that's not going to be me. I'm not going to have issues with that, you know? So finally, my husband, um, I was doing some intern work out in LA because I'm a, a chef and I was doing some, some work out there. And my husband kept saying, you need to come back. We live here in uh, Texas. And he's like, you need to come back. Um, you know, we were supposed to get pregnant before you left. <laughs> and this other stuff. So he, he's, he was very much by the book. So all my children have been planned because I know my fertility. I know when I ovulate, it was just like clockwork in that regard. And it was kind of cool because I hear so many things about people who didn't know that they were pregnant. And I'm like, how do you not know you're pregnant? But, you know. So, so my first one was planned and I purposely planned her 
to, well, I didn't know if it was a her or him, but I purposely plan to get pregnant in the summertime so that I can have a winter baby, you know, cause it's hot as hell where we mm-hmm. live. And I was like, Smart. I'm not, yeah. Everybody said that's the worst experience. And well, I oh. found that out with baby number two, oh, but, no. <laughs> but at least the first one I said, I'm going to have this baby on my terms the way I could. And so I did, I had a wonderful pregnancy it was, I still, you know, went to yoga. I didn't have morning sickness. One time I remember serving my husband dinner and I got nauseated to the point I had to go to sleep. That was it. Everything else was great. So I was like, this is amazing. So I was feeling a little bit like I was, I had too much confidence. You know, I guess I was waiting for the shoe to drop saying this, it can't, it can't be this easy. Something, I'm not doing something right. When I hear all the stories of like preeclampsia and high blood pressure, this, and like, you know, gestational diabetes, I'm like something, I'm, something's going to happen. And so I found a midwife, you know, we were looking for midwives and unfortunately in our area, there might be maybe two mid black midwives, maybe two. And you know, you know how big it is here. And that was really sad. I didn't need my midwife to be black per se, but I, I did need to have a decent connection. And I, you know, I connected with one midwife and, um, she, she was nice. She was, she was an educator, which I love because I always had a lot of questions and she always helped me with that. But I always had this feeling that she she didn't 100% believe in the process of birth, but it was this little feeling in the back of my head. And what, what do I know? You know, I, it was my first birth, my first pregnancy. I don't know anything. So I just had to um, put my, my faith and everything into her hands. Mm. But I kept thinking like, you know, well, if birth just happens, like I do know women on the continent of Africa birth with like just them and their mother or, you know, somebody of the village and they do this all the time without on all, all continents. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. On all continents, not just like, you know, but just yeah. the continent, not, not everybody's running to the hospital. Right. And so, you know, she would be like, Oh, well, if this happened, we would have to go to the hospital. Oh, if this happened, we would have to transfer. Mm. And I'm like, well, one, we're not even there yet. So why right. are you potentially bringing up these, these scenarios? And was this um, a home birth midwife? Yes. So the goal was to have a home birth. We weren't going to do like a birth center or anything like that. So I wanted to do a pool and and I didn't even actually want to do like a water birth. I was just always told that laboring in the water was very comforting. So I had envisioned that I would labor in the water and then get out and blah, blah, blah. And um, well, long story short, it comes to uh, the, the, the week and, um, I was at the movies with my husband and I felt like a little pop at the top of my belly. Whoa. And I was like, what is that noise? It's, it literally sounded like a little like balloon pop. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. And then maybe 20 minutes later, I felt like a little gush. <laughs> now, the gush felt more like, like um, it felt like discharge. Yeah. Because I went to the I went to the restroom and I saw that my seat was wet, but there was nothing else. There was like, you know, no more water was coming out. And, you know, of course, you know, in my thinking, everything goes like either. You, I was always told it's either going to be a gush and pop, you know, like clearly your membranes have, have burst or that it was going to be a trickle. Mm-hmm. So I said, okay, well, let's, let's see what's going on. And I stayed out. We stayed out like five hours later. <laughs> so I didn't have any trickle or anything. So I'm wow. like, clearly that must've been like, just things are getting going. I don't know. Right. So I disregard it. And then not in retrospect, you always, you need to go with your first mind. Right. Mm-hmm. I contacted my doula who I had more faith in my doula than my midwife. And Aww. I asked, I told her what I felt. I told her what happened. And she being my doula, it's like, you should contact, you should tell your midwife. And that's where I realized was the mistake. I should have never told my midwife. So Aww. I did. And so. No, no, you should have told your yeah, midwife. Just absolutely. the midwife 
it shouldn't have had negative repercussions. Yeah, yes, yes. Yeah. I, and I, you find this all out at the oh, end. But I, I contacted her and true to form, she's like, well, it sounds like your water's broken. And if this happened this long ago, then you have to go to the hospital. Like, what? how the hell do you just start off right there? Like, that's what she says. Like, oh, I've seen so many midwives do that. Such you know? And so I, I then like, that I, you know that started the psychological assault mm-hmm. so then i'm like terrified like no i don't want to go to the hospital we worked so hard why am i having to go to the hospital and that's what started the whole downward spiral so um i at that point though i told her but i'm not feeling anything like i'm not having contractions i'm not having tightness like that's just what happened so the next she's like okay well just go to bed you know see me the next day and let's see I could I could do a test to see if it has been your actual membrane blah blah so then what did happen I started experiencing bloody show I guess and um you know I told her oh I I'm starting to have some bloody discharge and she's like again then I think at this point these are still just via text message she's like yeah I think we definitely have to go to the hospital and I'm starting to get pissed now <laughs> Like we have, you haven't seen anything. Why are you saying off the bat, let's go to the hospital? Also, don't call yourself a home birth midwife. Yeah, no. <gasps> I, I I realize part of it, it it's it's a money situation too, and and it's easy because oh, I'm I'm a she, she was a white midwife, so I'm a woman of color. What the hell do I know? What's going on with my body? Oh, X, Y, Z. And I didn't know about all that beforehand. It's like, of course, after I have my birth, that's when all this information comes out. But it is what it is. So I go to the house. I do that little swab test and um, the the little test. And I guess they check the alkalinity of, of the fluid. And it's like, oh, yep, it's um, something. I forgot what it was. She's like, yeah, it looks like we're going to have to go to the hospital. So okay, X, Y, Z. It- Actually, it looks like you're beginning labor. (laughs) Yeah. Like amniotic fluid and bloody discharge means that you're beginning labor. Yeah. And I I don't know. I think maybe I was two centimeters at that point. And so she's like, yeah, we're going to have to. So, and I had to, I drove to her home to do this. So I'm driving back home completely upset. I'm crying. And that is like, that was the beginning of this massive flood that we were about to experience. It's called like the tax flood. So it's starting to rain in the beginning of this historical tax flood that we had. (laughs) And I'm driving down the street. It's raining and pouring. I'm crying and pouring, you know, and then I get home and then she texts me a call and says, she spoke to another midwife and the other midwife said, Oh, that ambiotic fluid also not the ambiotic fluid, but bloods the the pH balance of blood is also similar. And since I had that much bloody show, that it probably wasn't because the thing is she saw the bag. So from her angle, the bag was still intact. So it didn't look like that, you know, my my bag had broken, that this is just like, you know, the cervix starting to change and widening, and that's the the pH balance is from that fluid and the bag is probably still encased. So she's like, yeah, you don't have to worry about it. But for me, the damage was done. Totally. And so it was interesting in retrospect, I was not able to recover from that initial experience. No matter all the crazy things that happened the next three days, I wasn't able to recover it, uh, recover from it. And so I was, you know, I had some relief, like, oh, finally, And then, you know, that's when like, you know, it's raining now, it's monsooning here. And like, I'm starting to have like surges and I'm really big on hypnobirthing. So I was really trying to get into my hypnobirthing and the surges and stuff, but my surges overall, and I was in that state from Sunday to to Thursday. That's how I was. Um, My surges never, I never had a pattern. They never normalized. They would just come and go. They would get short and then they were long. And then, but regardless of that, throughout all of that, I kept saying, this is normal, right? Like you can do this, right? Like, isn't totally. this how it works? Especially in the first one, I always say that it's longer and there's nothing typically normal. And then that thing with normal, there's a range in normal. So, huge. You, you know, you know, the huge range. So, 
they're doing, you know, they're taking my test. They're taking the test of the baby, you know, checking our heart rate. All our rates are fine. Our vitals are coming back. So I'm just like, okay, cool. I don't know what to expect. So long story short on that, she, she, they weren't, my midwife nor my doula was able to come out to the house on Monday because it literally was flooded everywhere. And then maybe by Tuesday afternoon, they got here. So they get here Tuesday afternoon. I'm basically been in that state of just kind of surging all night and random craziness surging. And, um, I remember at one point I was at least five and they said, Oh, we could see the hair. And and I actually was able, I touched, I felt the hair. I felt Kamaria's head. I felt everything. And I'm like, Oh my goodness, this might happen. And it just, everything just slowed down. It just slowed down. And so, you know, she tried to give me things to um, encourage me to, to to progress and stuff like that. And long story short, what happened was on Wednesday, you know, she basically came to my husband and said, listen, we can't continue this. You know, she's been at this state too long. She's in Perdomo, I guess that's what it's called. And, you know, she's having failure to progress. And I'm recommending you guys go to the hospital and you know, you're saying X, you're not. So she wrote out this crude contract saying, I've basically released, you know, my client. I'm telling her that she needs to go to the hospital. She's deciding X, Y, and Z. What a shit yeah. midwife, man. Yeah. And like, oh, oh, really? You're suggesting I go to the hospital for the 25th time? Got it. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Suggesting- and, I, and I'm like, you, you've been suggesting this yeah. since like six months ago. Yeah, basically. exactly. <laughs> and yeah. that's what I'm like, you know, I, you know, my, I, I didn't want to be responsible for something that I didn't know. But now I understand it was in me. I just needed to properly educate myself. But, you know, well, and I mean, but to be fair to yourself, what most first time women who have never gone through birth want a woman around Mm -hmm. and it is no fault of yours that, you know, the woman that you chose to be with you freaking sucked you know, and totally let you down. Like she's positioned as the person that's going to be great to have with you. You know, I was wondering, um, why did, if you said there was two black midwives in in the area, why did you go, did you just not connect with them and you connected with the other one more? Yeah. So the first one, she lived kind of further out. And they were saying, that was one thing they were saying, like, you don't want a midwife that's too far out. And I would have probably gone, gone with her, but they were like, oh, you know, it's best to try to find somebody that's like within 20 minutes. Had I known I was going to have a week long labor, I could have. Yeah, I could have. I could have definitely gone there and do that. And then also that was the other thing they were saying. I don't know if this is a personal. Um, well, I don't know. Maybe it's something with uh, birth centers. The birth centers have this rule where your first birth has to be at a birth center. Like they don't want to do first time moms at home. Oh, so the midwives were not home birth midwives for you, the two black ones that were available. Yeah, they had their birth centers and they travel out, but something, there's a rule that they like first time moms. Gotcha. Uh, That's know, so and, gross. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That first time moms need to be at the birth center or whatnot. And Weird. so, so that I'm like, here to transfer you. Yeah. yeah, I guess. I mean, that's part of the lay of the land, right? And, you know, if you're, if you're uh, ignorant, and how your body works and how birthing works. I mean, the, all they got to do is fear monger you and say like, oh my God, you almost died. And so of course, then you're like, yes, transfer me. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so after, I mean, immediately after we signed that bullshit paperwork and she wow. left my house, that was the first time I was able to like breathe and I felt mm. calm. Wow. Now, at this point, I don't have anybody checking on me and the baby, so I don't know what I'm so calm about. But I knew, like, I'm in, every time I started to get upset, I would have a contraction. And I knew that didn't make any sense. Mm. I mean, literally, when I heard something bad news, I started to contract. And I'm like, that's not how contractions are supposed to work. (laughs) And did your doula stay with you? So she stayed with me up until a certain point because, you know, I, I don't I don't know about doula certifications and all this stuff, but she had said that 
she had to leave when the midwives left because her do because something about her certification. And so she did not want to be responsible if something went bad and then she's here. So, so point, let, me, let me get this straight. So, so you hire a doula and a, and a midwife for your home birth. And then during your home birth, they both abandon you because you want to home birth. Yes, because I wasn't progressing. But at that point, the midwife is like, you're not progressing fast enough. And I'm like, bitch, this is not a nine to five job. Oh. Like literally the sun is starting to set. And it's kind of like, she's like, listen, this right. shouldn't be taking this long. I'm like, and, what do you mean this shouldn't be taking this right. long? <laughs> and you're fine. You know, it's yeah. not like there was some... That was my biggest thing because I'm not going to be one of those people who like, if I'm like, oh, maybe I'm in a vicarious condition and maybe I can push it. We were fine. I felt fine. I just was, wasn't going anywhere. So long story short, the next morning, like I finally was able to get like three hours of sleep. And that's when I start feeling the contractions again. And like at four or five, my water officially broke. And there was no question. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. no, nah, yeah, right. So we're like, okay. And I tell my husband, let's go, let's go. And my husband loved him. You know, he's like, oh, we can do this ourselves. Let's go out in the backyard on a banana leaf. I'm like, <laughs> no. At this point, I'm emotionally exhausted. And yeah. I'm just like, I just want to go to the hospital. Just let them do whatever. Aww. And at, I'm like, and also that I decided to go to a county hospital. I'm like, I don't even want to go to a Cadillac hospital. I just want to be like rolled in, you know, a short from a C-section. Let's just do this. So when your water's open, why is that the, why are you like, let's go to the hospital? So, oh, thank you. So this is my ignorance on what the situation was they scared the bejesus out of me of like, oh, when your water breaks, you only have 12 hours. You need 12 hours to get there to birth and blah, blah, blah. So had I woken up the next morning and my water was still intact, I would have still probably gone with the flow. But for me, you know, especially that's why she was pushing that a week ago, why I needed to go. I was under the impression like, oh my goodness, my water breaks. I have to go. So I, that was my own personal ignorance. And that was a call that I made at that point. I'm like, okay, we're just going to the hospital. Water's broken. Let's go. Meaning so, like, let's have somebody get, keep eyes on us. Cause obviously well, if you were, if your water broke and the midwife was still there, you would have. Oh yeah. 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 yeah so absolutely. just like for someone to monitor you guys to make sure you're okay, basically. Yeah. At that point I feel like, okay, well, labor's probably now labor. The baby's going to be here very shortly. Right. Because gotcha. of, you know, I'm already been surging on and off for the last four days and now finally the, the water's broken. So the baby should be oh, here. Tough <laughs> mama. That is not an easy birth. Wow. Yeah. I'm telling you hypnobirthing. I'm like, I just, just believe in the surge. So I'm, mm -hmm. I'm very grateful for the hypnobirthing because I wanted to be able to mentally still be in the game. And that's why I, I did hypnobirthing. It gave me those tools. So we get to the hospital, it's standard. You know, they're putting their finger in me. Yes, you're in active labor. Oh, or no, maybe I was like five or six. <laughs> no, you know, your bag is, the water is broken. We're going to get you a room. Um, everything was normal. I would say what happened was at this point, you know, I'm not progressing because I'm on their time now. And they're like, okay, we got to get you some medicine. And, you know, I just played, my husband wasn't there because he, poor thing, he was so tired. He wasn't there yet because he had to park the car. And it was just one of those big mm -hmm. conglomerate hospitals. And I kept saying like, Oh, I'm so tired. I just, I can't make these decisions. My husband can make these decisions. And I know how my husband is. He's like, no medicine. I know he's worse than me. So I just kept saying, oh, let my husband, let him, oh. So at this point, it's like 1.30. And they're like, listen, you've been here since like five o'clock this morning. You still have no Pitocin. You still have no, nothing. You know, I had like saline solution or something. They're like, we have to get this going. So I'm like, oh, okay, okay, fine. So I'm like, what's the smallest amount of Pitocin that you can give me? And I was grateful they worked with me. So I guess they give you Pitocin every so often. I don't know what the schedule is, but I would ask the nurse, can we skip it this time? She's like, yeah. Like, so they really worked with me. So long story short, in this particular, you know, county hospital, they actually had midwives and I didn't know that. 
And so my husband had my birth plan and he was at the nurse's station talking to the OB about my birth plan and a midwife happened to walk by him. And he's like, the midwife was smart enough to say, okay, regular people don't have birth plans because OBs don't give a shit about a birth plan. And so she came to him and said, I'm a midwife. I'm available. Would you guys like to birth with me? And because of what happened the other day, I was, I was a little hesitant to go with another midwife and all the shit that I had been going through. But my husband convinced me and I said, yes. And it, it turned out amazing. She was an amazing midwife, but I still didn't understand what it means to be a midwife under a medical umbrella. So she still was, she was like the best possible medical midwife, right? And, but she was amazing. I wind up still having uh, vaginal birth, but I wind up tearing. I tore a lot. And um, now I realize because I was told to push and I was very anti-pushing. But at this point, I'm like, why am I pushing? Why am I doing these things? Like, I shouldn't need to do that. So, but we had Kamaria vaginally. And, you know, my biggest issue was that I, I wind up tearing. But I, I love that midwife. She's an amazing midwife. But I just understood now. Now I'm in a pace of like, yeah, I'm never going to do that again. You so, pushed, you pushed yeah. on your back. I, I, so they had the, the, the bed kind of all the way, like slightly vertical. So I was mm. kind of like in a deep squat, but I was still like on my back. I wasn't just free. And then, you know, I'm like, my body's going to push her out. Why am I having to push? And I'm like, come on, push mama. And I, I, even in that point, I still go back to that. I don't agree with that. And I was right mm. not to agree with that. So, and did you, you know, get an epidural? No, 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 no epidural, none of that wow. shit. You, know? you were and, just and, on pit. That's, that's yeah, hardcore. And, and the smallest amount possible because they let me like cut my dosage once and then they skipped one round and then they, so yeah, it was just a small amount. So it was, it was great. So here it is. My husband's like, you know, now that Kamari is like moving and grooving and she, she's growing and having a good time. My husband's looking at me like, okay, well, it's now for another baby. And I'm like, oh, I, give my, I want to give my body an opportunity to heal and stuff like that. And he's like, okay, you set that back in September. It's now November. Not in Baby November. hungry, your husband. Yeah, well, you know, I realize men have a biological clock too. So, so I said, okay, fine, fine. And I said, you know, that means I'll be pregnant during the summertime here and I said every ounce of it you're gonna get it you're gonna get it <laughs> you're so gonna get it too so I I had a relatively good pregnancy with him I did have like one bout of major morning sickness that turned into like it was like I think I got food poisoning and morning sickness and then after that I never had any other issues again nothing after that so that was pretty cool of course it was hot as hell big as hell you know just you know my feet are swelling like sweet potatoes <laughs> but you know everything is fine and I decided I was like okay well we have decent insurance I'm gonna go to this midwife uh this, this practicing group of midwives that's in a hospital and let the insurance deal with that so the best of both worlds I get there and I'm starting to feel the red flags again like I there's like maybe six of them. I don't get to see the same ones. Mm. I'm, I'm kind of feeling this one. Definitely not feeling this one. I'm telling this one how I feel. She's telling me, no, that's not how it feels. And I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, let's just, let's just try to ride this out. And then we get to the um, glucose test. And that was the straw that broke the camel's back. Yeah. And I'm like, Okay, so last time I did my own monitoring. I did my own finger pricking, you know, I, I everything. And so they're like, okay, well, you have to take this goobly gop in this bottle. And I'm like, what is that? Like, we don't, what is in here? And they can't tell me what's in there. They don't know what the ingredients are. And I'm like, you're going to also tell me that there's not an alternative test, which I know you can. I hear a lot of people, the point is you need to have the same amount of sugar in your system for this long. No, we don't offer any alternative tests. We don't offer it. And, and I didn't, I got, and I think this is my age and coming to maturity. I'm not here to educate you sometimes. I don't give a shit anymore. I just don't need to do this anymore. <laughs> totally. Like before I would have been like X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, okay, all right. 
so then they called me and like, okay, we need to do another. I'm like, you know what? Um, my new midwife will be requesting mm. from you. I didn't even, th- I didn't even care anymore. And then I, at this point though, I am like 27 weeks and I'm like, okay, well, what the hell am I going to do? Like, I got to try to find a midwife. And so at that time I decided to do, um, a hypnobirthing refresher class with my first doula. Cause my first doula, she was awesome. Uh, she wound up coming to the hospital with me the next day and all that with Kamaria. But, um, I found that the, she currently was pregnant too. We were basically around the same uh, time. And, uh, when she came to the house, I was like, Oh, you're pregnant. You know, I was like, so what are you guys going to do? Who's your midwife? And she's like, you know what? I'm just like me. And I forget her husband's name. We're just going to do this ourselves. And I was like, what do you mean you're going to do this yourself? And she's like, oh, me and my husband are just going to do it ourselves. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And she's like, oh, yeah, there's like a lot of people who do it. And, you know, in all fairness, I remember one time being on Facebook and I asked, I just sent out a message saying, does anybody have a, a recommend a, a midwife, like have any midwife's recommendation? And I knew one woman... And I thought it was facetious. She's like, what do you need a midwife? I had both my sons at home by myself. Me and my husband just pulled it out, da, da, da. And I was just, I just wanted to roll my eyes that hard. I'm like, bitch, please. Ain't nobody going to do all that. <laughs> <laughs> but now I understand what she means. So, uh, so yeah. So I was like, oh, okay. So she had sent me information on um, some women who did consultations on things like that. But they didn't get back in time. They didn't get back in touch with me in a timely fashion. So then I said, okay, well, what does it mean to have an unassisted birth? And so I was fortunate to find this really well done Kindle book on this woman who had an unassisted birth. And it was very like plain Jane, cut to the point. This is what she did and how she applied for the birth certificate afterwards, blah, blah, blah. And then she, you know, she had multiple children and I was like, okay, that was my first foray. And then I was like, okay, let me continue to, to do some information. And at this point, I think I had my a conversation with my husband and I said, listen, I think I'm going to do this by myself. And that's when he was just like, but <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I think I could do this on my own. He's like, I'm not a midwife. And I was like, you know what? You're not a midwife. And that's a good question. So what does that mean? That's when I started doing research and I, I came across the Free Birth Society and Indie Birth and a few other people. And I reached out to you for um, a consultation. Mm-hmm. And um you know, the the consultation and, and going back and doing some research. And then we had a follow-up. And basically what I was able to walk away with a very sound understanding is that, as what was presented with my first birth, that if these potential situations presented themselves after, during the labor or after the labor, my midwife would have to transfer me to the hospital. Mm. She would have to call 911. And I'm like, well, what, why am I paying you all that much money for you to simply do the same thing to call 911 yeah. for us to have to, you know, like I came to the realization that, you know, outside of also, I was very fortunate of finding someone to hold birth space with me who also truly believed in the power of birth and, and, and being able to do this on your own. But in the event these situations presented itself, this is what you do. And so when I, you know, look back on his birth, I realized my, what I was really confronting was fear. So what happened was after like around 27, 28 weeks, I made the decision to do uh, a free birth unassisted at home. And I decided not to tell anybody. <laughs> I didn't. I told except nobody. for me. <laughs> except, for, except for you, my husband kind of knew because I thought I might have to just fake like spontaneous. Oh right! I remember yeah. that you like yeah. you like you didn't super tell him your plan. No, I didn't because my husband is super analytical, and it's not his fault. But he was asking questions that I did not have answers to. And at this point, it was kind of like, just believe the process and believe me. 
sometimes that's not good enough for certain people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you know, I, I am, I have this baby in my life and, you know, the, the life of the baby in my hand and, he, and I just walk away saying, okay, believe you. Like, he's like, okay, I need a little bit more. What, you know, what is X, Y, and Z? What is da, 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 da. So I, I did give him some paperwork to read. Um, you know, he, you know, was under the impression, like, you know, similarly to what happened last time what you need to do to be there to help me. So the day that the baby actually came, I remember about three days beforehand, I was laying kind of like in a vertical, um, I was laying on my back, but I was um, propped up. And I guess now what happened was his head went into like the birth canal, like really like first, second degree. Mm-hmm. Because I felt like a, a bump against my cervix. It was like, boom. I was like, oh, what is that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, at that point, I was still taking my daughter to school. We were, everything was still normal. And I realized that we in America put so much emphasis on the labor, on the pregnancy, and we never focused on the fourth trimester. And I was very grateful of listening to the free birth class Um, and you had Kimberly Johnson on there and I, so I got that book and I devoured it. I absolutely loved it. And I recommend it to everyone, the fourth trimester, because that's really what, how we go South. You go, as we say, go from sugar to shit like that, because that fourth trimester can really kick your ass. Um, and, um, it, for me at that point, I was so comfortable knowing what my birth was going to be like. I just, I just start focusing on the fourth trimester. Mm-hmm. So I just focused on, okay, what, what is it going to look like? Who's going to come to help me? Da, 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 da. You know, I didn't even think about like the labor and stuff. So the day he comes, I'm at like the, I'm getting my daughter's lunch ready and I feel a surge and I have to kind of like say, you know, I have to focus. I have to breathe in. I have to do some deep, you know, just mental focusing on that to work its way through. And my husband said, okay, I think the baby might be coming. And so we thought, given what happened with Kamaria, it definitely was going to be like that Friday or the weekend. (laughs) So I, Wait, wait, also, sorry, quick question. Um, Didn't you have a doula this time? Oh, I did. That's right. I forgot. So I I feel like maybe I introduced you guys. Yeah, so actually, so what happened was I, I had remember. a doula in the beginning. Very sweet girl. I had a doula. And what happened was after I devoured all of this, like, free birth doula, radical doula, I was like, this woman is not up to par. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was like, I felt so bad because she's so sweet. But I was like, I, I need a doula who truly understands this, where I'm going now. Like, we, I need someone who's comfortable and in a uh, not a hospital at a home setting mm-hmm. yet alone there's not going to be a midwife there and mm-hmm. so you know there was no hard feelings because obviously it's she respects the mother's wishes but I think it does say something for her how if you are a doula all of your experience is only in a hospital you know I mean it's it everybody has their work but I feel like you need to be a little bit more um your exposure uh, to birthing needs to be all the in between hospital, home, midwife, no midwife, OB. Like you should you, to have a better experience to help a mom. So what happened was yes, you sent out a call asking like, is anybody you know available to to hold space for a mom in 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 the the Houston area? And um, yeah, and so what happened is uh, she reached out to me. And uh, she's an absolutely amazing uh, uh, doula. Also, she's pregnant now, and she's asked me to hold birth space for her. So oh, that's yeah. so sweet. And how is she birthing? She So she's going to do like what I'm doing. She's got an OB and then just, oh, my God, spontaneous. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay. That's oh. how it happens. So, so yeah. So, so I, I wind up meeting with her. And so one thing is that, you know, my husband, you know, I met, let, you know, he had to meet with her because he had a lot of questions and he wanted to know what this looked like. And he needed to feel comfortable, too. 
And he did because she's awesome. And he just was like, you know what? I think you are in good hands. We can do this. Like I can walk away saying that my wife, Sabali, is with her and this is going to be a good situation. So the morning of, you know, I just had a, a major surge. It was only that one surge. That was my first time experiencing a surge like that because every other time, you know, I just drank some water because I was like, oh, I'm just slightly dehydrated. So my husband takes the, the kiddo off to school. I meet with my doula. She comes in. We're just sitting, talking, having a good time, drinking tea. And she asked me if, you know, could she give me a massage because I was experiencing uh, significant swelling on my feet. And then she's like, you know, oh, and I could do some like acupressure for like, you know, labor. And we're just, I, I told her, yes. I'm like, sure, you know, you could try whatever you want. It's fine. So she leaves. I then made myself like a nice lunch and I'm eating my lunch and I get on the phone. I'm talking to my sister-in-law. And at this point, I'm like, okay, well, I can't, it's, you know, I got to get ready to go pick up my daughter. It's about like 2.15, 2.20. And I feel like another surge. And I tell my sister-in-law, I'm going to have to call you back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I really need to call you back. So I'm like, oh my goodness. Like, you know, am I, you know, feeling indigestion? Do I have to go to the restroom? Like what's going on? And at 2.31, I call my husband at work and I said, you know what? I don't think I can pick up Kamaria today. I, the way I feel, I just don't feel right being on the road. And like, if I have a surge, I'll have to like pull over because at this point, the surges are like what one every five hours, but they were pretty intense. So I'm just like, okay, let's just not, why, why take a chance? You know, the baby's probably going to come like on Friday or something. Why, why take my chance? So I, um, no, you know, I said, okay, so I get off the phone with my husband and it's like, you know, two forty, And I said, okay, you know what? I'm going to go take a shower and I'm going to call my doula back. Cause she was off that day. She doesn't live very far. And I was saying, I'm going to take a shower. I'm going to see if she can come back and simply just like, give me a brief massage. So I get in the shower and I text her and I was like, Hey, do you think you can be back in a little while? I think, you know, I, I think I just need like some back massages. I'm going to take a nap. And she's like, okay, sure. Um, so I get in the shower and then all of a sudden I'm like, Oh, wait a minute. That's like a sizable surge. And that's when like, um, I'm feeling my body finally starting to dilate. I could feel the dilation. And that was the part that was so cool that I didn't get to experience any of that because I was so in my head last time and all that crazy shit. But yeah. this time I literally, I could feel my cervix pulling and it's like, every time it pulls, like more bloody show is coming down. It's wow. like, pop, 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 pop. I'm like, oh my goodness, I cannot believe this. And so that was like so cool. I did that for about a good, maybe 10, 15 minutes, because at this point I realized like I had to get out of the shower and go to the front door to open the front door for, for my doula. Mm. So I, I get out the shower, I walk, you know, I hobble over there, open the door and then we're walking our way back. And she's like, I have another surge in the living room. And then we make our way back to the shower. So finally, she's like looking at me and she's like, yeah, I think I'm going to set up your, your birth supply. So, you know, she pulls out all the stuff and I'm just like in the shower. Then I get out of the shower and I'm just like laying over the shower. And I feel that it was like maybe five surges. And of course, this time I said, I will not be pushing. I do not believe in pushing. Hmm. This baby knows how to come on his or her own. And that's exactly what happened. Like she, she, one thing that I was very grateful for was the counter pressure that she put, she did on the small of my back that made it so manageable. It was just like, you know, it wasn't that big of a deal at that point. Um, I, I, again, I feel like it was maybe five times I had that experience and then like she could see the head, she, he was coming down and mm. he was in call 
So I, I reached down to, and I could feel the sack. I could feel his little head in the sack. Hmm. And the last surge felt like it took like forever. Cause I was just, I was kind of squatted and I was just waiting and waiting and waiting. So then finally the last surge came. And when he came with that, that was kind of like a sizable one. And he, 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 when he came out, he hit the floor or whatnot. <laughs> Like, you know, I was, I was, and I say hit the floor, but he was like maybe two inches above the floor from where we were. And uh, that's when it, the sack actually popped or whatnot. And he was wow. crying, but it was just amazing. It truly was an amazing, amazing experience. And I loved it. And then after that, I guess I had experienced early in the pregnancy, some type of, um, some hemorrhage, something, some type of, uh, technical term. And so when um, I, I thought the placenta came out, it was actually like some of the, I guess the tissue mass from the hemorrhage mm. came out. Um, but other than that, I think maybe I birthed the placenta 20 minutes afterwards. And so here I am, I'm holding him. He latches on immediately. Uh, he let us know that he was here. He was not happy. <laughs> and like, that's when I can hear my husband's truck roll in and he told, you know, my daughter, it's like the baby's coming. Because again, we thought like with Kamaria's birth, this was going to take a while. And he like walks in and he sees us in the bathroom. On the oh floor my like, God. Yeah. He's like, what's going on? And I'm like, and I show him, he's like, the baby is here. Oh my <laughs> I never realized this whole time of eight months, I never realized he wasn't there for the birth. Yeah, no, he was at work because we really looked like, because <laughs> I, you know, because had I called him at like noon to say, oh no, it's going down, you need to be here, he would have left work and all this stuff. But we really was just like, like, oh yeah, it's probably going to be Thursday night or Friday mm -hmm. or something like that. It literally was like, what, 45 minutes because I called him at 2.31. Wow. They came in at like 3.35 and I was already holding the baby nursing. Oh my goodness. Oh, and thank God your doula made it. Yeah. 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 And she was, I, I feel like now I'm like, maybe that acupressure she was doing really kind of set things <laughs> in motion. But, um, but yeah, it was just like, I was able to just like, let my body just mm -hmm. burn. Like, I didn't really need to do anything. I didn't need to, other than that's why I did the hypnobirthing, because, you know, when you're having that sensation, it can be uh, alarming. And so therefore you don't want just the fear to set in. And then now you're kind of scared for what I just wanted to allow my body to do its thing and not let my mind get all in it because I know what happens when my mind gets all in it. And, um, that, yeah, so that's kind of how it was. It was, wow. and it was really, really wonderful. And, um, that's, I'm like, maybe I want to do this again. Um, <laughs> And so I, you know, I don't really go around telling too many people about it because I don't think a lot of people even understand, like, what do you mean you didn't go to the hospital? What do you mean you didn't have a midwife? That's some, you know, I, I was there too. It's kind of um, hard to wrap your brain around it. You know, mm. it's so unfortunate in this society, but just even if, even now, so because of this, and I had told you, um, I had launched my own prenatal village here. And so I've had some women that have come in that I've talked to and just being more of a reference because I think not a lot of women are going to do an unassisted birth, right. but there's still so much information to glean from unassisted birth that still mm -hmm. empowers a regular hospital birth. Totally. So, you know, so I, I've been fortunate to be able to share that story with pit women and, and being able to let them know. And so even with my doula from the first one who did my hypnobirthing refresher class, I recently saw her after all these months and, you know, I let her know, I was like, you're the reason why I decided that I was going to do a free birth. I, and I also, and I realized like talking to you, let me also understand I need to go with my first mind. My first mm -hmm. mind told me that I don't need to do this and I'm not going to compromise myself and mm -hmm. I'm not going to compromise for other people's feelings. And that's why I didn't leave. I didn't tell my mom. I didn't tell my sister. I didn't tell wow. anybody, you know, and I didn't want to tell people and especially them. And I'd be like, Oh, we're going to be praying for you. And we're going to, I just, 
I don't need fear projection. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, so I, I just left it. The only other person outside of it was my uh, children's pediatrician. I did let them know because I'm very, very good uh, friends with her. And she also is a believer of a holistic, natural approach to things. So I did mm-hmm. tell her, like, this is what I'm going to do. Because I also think from her her perspective as a doctor, she also needs to know that women do this. Right. Like, you know, like we're all, women do have babies on their own term and on their own account and things like that. And I wind up getting his, you know, uh, birth certificate like four months later. And so I, I, because of it, I really took a very like F, fuck the system type of approach. Like, why do I need to go do all of this right now? I don't mm-hmm. have to do all of this. But they make you feel like you have to get this work done. You have to get this paperwork done. And we need to get this, like, you know, testing done. If my baby, if I held my baby and after a day or two, he was looking bad, he was limp, he wasn't doing X, Y, and Z, I would have immediately gone to the doctor. Of like, course. I, you know, but yes, of course. uh he was perfectly fine but you know sometimes like well you don't know i think i do know i right. i know a little bit because you know at the end of the day unless it's something drastic everything else would have been fine and yeah. and he's perfectly he's perfectly fine and so, yeah yeah we're mm. doing well so. but yeah it's so fun it's so great it really is I love telling my birth story to the point where like my husband loves telling my birth story for me and then like I walk into the room and I could tell he's told my birth story because people are looking at me like oh my goodness this woman is amazing you did what mm. oh my god <laughs> that's cute yeah amazing so good I love your story it's just oh, you yeah. know it's it's just like it's, it's so powerful. It's so, it's so, um, you know, embodies self-authority and it's so simple. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those things where it is so simple. And I, you know, I know that for certain women, um, it's just not going to be for them and it, it doesn't have to be, but I will say that I think we really need to talk about like fear like fear has such a a crippling effect on on so much and for me that was this that's what my this free birthing was mm-hmm. i i was free birthing fear i'm like get fear out of my life wow <laughs> and um yeah once i addressed that fear it really broke broke me free from from a lot of things and just being more adamant about my 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 life and um, so I'm just, I'm very grateful. I'm grateful for the platform that you've created for women. You know, while I decided, once I decided to do this, you know, I started listening to the podcast and I started listening to the women who had all these different types of amazing, free, unassisted births on their own autonomous birthing. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, this is something we can do. Like, if, you, if you're sick and, and you need to, you know, if you have an actual medical history then you need to be smart about it and you need to go to the doctor and you need to get yourself monitored. But for a lot of women who are truly healthy and nothing's wrong, there's no reason you need to be running back and forth to, to an OB to manage your birth. There's nothing. Well, to- yeah. And I mean, I would even add actually that a lot of women that I know um, have already been risked out by the system and, and they still want to have a normal birth, right? So that that's like the real shit is that it's up for each woman to decide um, how they want to categorize themselves. You know, like yeah, yeah. I just interviewed a woman today who has tons of health issues, would never be able to find someone um, to support her in a normal birth. Um, and she's free birthing. Uh, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. Because it's, it's up to each one of us to determine our own our own everything, our own assessments of our own, you know, risk calculations. Absolutely. Absolutely. But it's just, you know, this, the space that we are, are going, getting into, um, it could be scary, you know, because, you know, what if God forbid, they're like, you're not allowed to, mm-hmm. uh, had a, have a at home birth or an autonomous birth. I mean, right. I think from what I understand, they're trying to pass that legislation in this, in India, and say that you aren't allowed to um, birth on your own. And to 
to think that somebody has to manage this this experience is just so heartbreaking. Again, some women are like, yeah, I don't care. Let, let them manage it. It's but already, us, yeah, it's already illegal in a couple of countries. Yeah, that's just insane. But, you know, I also say that, you know, if you want to do it, you... So while I agree with you, Emily, on like the woman's autonomy to make that decision, I do feel like you do need to be properly educated. Simply from the point of growing up in this society, we don't even know our own bodies. So you just need to say, if you're going to say, I'm going to do an autonomous birth, just do the, spend the time to educate yourself on what it means to just birth, right? Like what your body is. Yeah, but again, I mean, I'm going to play devil's advocate to say a lot of women, um, what about the 15-year-old, you know, that bursts in the bathroom and didn't even know she was pregnant? Like, you actually yeah. don't have to know anything and oh, yeah, yeah. will still, you know, I, I've had women on this podcast who very intentionally didn't do research because they wanted to have, um, uh, they didn't want it to be a heady experience. And Um, I think that's kind of the point really is that every woman needs to find her own comfort of what, of what she needs to, to, to have in order to feel comfortable. And so, you know, for you, it's whatever amount of research, you know, for another woman, it's, it's very little research, you know? So Mm -hmm. it's, that's really what to me is that birth happens. And so, if we're choosing an autonomous, you know, self-authoritative, you know, taking responsibility birth, then it's up to us to decide what we need in order to create an optimal um, container, you know, in our hearts, minds, and spirits. And and what's so fascinating is through this podcast, I've interviewed women of all walks of life, of all different, um, you know, countries and different backgrounds. And a lot of women have actually told me, I didn't want to research. I just wanted to be in my instinct. And the cool thing about birth is that it will happen regardless of what you know in your head. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right? And so even someone not knowing maybe all the stuff that you or I know, um, that doesn't equal that they would ignore an obvious complication or that they would ignore, you know, birth is an an, an instinctual thing, right? So mm-hmm. we don't actually, you know, arguably have to know everything to um, still know how to respond in instinct. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I, so I do, I definitely agree with you on that because I know depending on certain things, it's kind of like what I was saying earlier with my husband where he had certain questions and I'm like, I just can't answer that. I just know. Mm-hmm. That's the best that's the best answer that I can give you. Mm-hmm. I just, just know. Totally. Um, yeah, but I, I, I agree. I agree with that. With um just being able to empower the women with birth. Like, I mean, I wonder what that really looks like. Like if we were truly empowering women in everything, yet on their own terms, and especially with birth, what that would really look like. Um, and what type of families and communities and society would, would look like from that. Yeah. And I think something that we can do and the women listening to this podcast is, is not putting our own, the, you know, not putting the stuff that we needed to do to get comfortable with it on anyone else. Right. Yeah. So, yes. You know, so even that, you know, just for us to decenter ourselves in other people's lives and, you know, center the woman always in her own life. And when we do that, I mean, we can just do that with our friends, right? And that's something that has taken me a long time to learn how to do. And it's not how we're raised. And and we're just, we're obviously so raised to be like just clouded in judgment and, and you know, projection. And when we don't do that, and when we look at the sisters in our lives um, and and see them in their power and see them in their self-authority and believe that they know best, even if they don't know they do, you know, that will be reflected to them. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and if that was a, a perspective that we all, like, like you said, like if we all just had that perspective in this general society, that even women who may not feel that way, they mm-hmm. would know that they felt supported in the decisions that they made and could reach out. Exactly. Easily. Well, and that we can do that, you know, we can do that as 
as our small communities and, and it's contagious and your story and sharing your story is a huge part of that because so many women are going to hear this and relate to it. And, you know, I know so many women that have been abandoned by their midwives and doulas uh, in labor, you know, it's just heartbreaking and how that, you know, informed your, your next pregnancy and the choices you made so that, you didn't have that experience again and and that you could birth, you know, on your terms and your power. And then you did. Right. So what a beautiful example. Yeah, exactly. And I did, I did it. I mean, it, I wouldn't change anything. Mm -hmm. It was just so quick. Now I will say as I was in it, I was like, I can manage this. I'm like, but I don't know if I can do this for seven hours, but I can manage it. Yeah, of course. (laughs) Well, thank you. Yeah, it was great. Thanks. Thank you so much. I'm happy we were able to do this. It was a long time in the making and came at the perfect time. And It really did. Thank yeah. you so much. Again, just Emily, I just want to say from my heart, thank you for being the warrior goddess you are and, and providing the space and, and fighting for the space to, to, for us to continue to utilize the space. Um, and and just I just send you so much love and strength and energy your way for continuing the fight for us. Thank you. It's it's really felt and I love having you in our community and and yeah, we just gotta keep on keeping on. We're doing it. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> Thank you. I'm very inspired by you. Thanks. that's it for today, everyone. Join us next week for another episode of the Free Birth Podcast. Thanks for joining us. And remember, your body, your choice. Lots of love.